welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work a people function. Today, I'm joined by Kieran Howells, Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back, Kieran. I haven't seen you for probably about a month now. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right, Soph. Yeah, a bit weird that uh, that we all haven't seen each other for that long. But uh, I think we're all struggling with quarantine. Um, I guess we're all in the same boat, really, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm running out of things that I can try baking. I've done all the breads and cakes and all of that. And I'm just thinking what my next uh, my next challenge will be. Yeah, I think my house is as clean as it's ever been as well. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, like I said last week, um, obviously we're working from home, so we're dialing in for the purpose of the podcast. So we do apologise if the sound quality isn't as optimum as it could be. But we are still dedicated to bringing you the latest topical debates within a short HR podcast. In this week's discussion, we're going to be talking about workplace wellbeing initiatives, and there are several reasons for this. So some new research from the um, Office for National Statistics, which delved into coronavirus and the social impacts on Great Britain, found that 53.1% of UK adults said that the coronavirus pandemic was affecting their well-being, while 46.9% of adults reported high levels of anxiety. And these are all things that can lead to a deterioration in employee well-being, morale, productivity, and all of those sorts of things which can really impact on business success. Elsewhere in the report, just over one in five adults, which was 22.9%, said that it was affecting household incomes. And more than four in five said that they were worried about the after effects of coronavirus on their life. So I think it's very clear that anxieties are extremely high at the moment, you know, whether it's due due to uh, job uncertainties, money, um, family, isolation, separation from society. So HR and employers can really play an instrumental role in supporting employee well-being. Um, But before we dive into the different types of well-being initiatives that perhaps should be on HR's radar, I thought it'd be really, really interesting to find out from a legal perspective the responsibility that employers and HR actually have to looking after employee well-being. So if we refer to the UK legislation under the Health and Safety Act 1974, it sets out general duties which employers have towards employees and members of the public. This, according to WorkSmart, is couched in the words as far as reasonably possible. With so many people working from home at the moment, the usual health and safety risk assessments are unlikely to be carried out at an employee's home, according to the public body ACAS. But the the site and the body still recommends that there are things that employers can do to check in. So these include things such as um, ensuring that employees feel that the work they're being asked to carry out is safe, they have the right equipment in order to work in a safe manner, um, that managers are regularly checking in to ensure that people don't feel isolated and that reasonable adjustments are being made for those who may have some form of disability or impairment. The site said that if these changes are needed, then employers are responsible for making sure that this is facilitated. Yeah, and I guess the um, the worry there is that many are falling through the cracks. Um, but I believe you actually went out to a lawyer to get some legal perspective on itself. 
Yes, I spoke to um, Adam Penman, who is an associate in the employment law team at um, Maguire Woods, who pointed towards the Health and Safety Act and also towards the Working Times Regulations 1998 Act, which he confirmed imposes a statutory duty in employers to ensure that health, safety and welfare of employees at work is looked after. Additionally, he also said that there is a common law duty of care to protect the safety of employees and to take uh, reasonable steps to mitigate foreseeable harm. So he said to me before the podcast, employers must discharge their legal obligations to meet minimum standards of health and safety at work, but these standards may fall short in facilitating employee well-being. However, it is arguably in the employer's commercial interests to ensure that comprehensive employee well-being, both during the period of uh, COVID-19 and beyond, as content employees are, as we all know, retainable, productive and more profitable to the business. So to give us an example, like a concrete example of what he means by this, he said that as a legal minimum, employers must ensure that a workplace is safe to operate and comply with statutory minimum wage requirements. Though employers aren't legally obligated to ensure that the company has a positive culture or ensure that financial well-being of employees is tip-top. But having said that, companies that are you know, going above and beyond their legal requirements to support staff is duly noted and really is demonstrating best HR practice. So just to find out really what initiatives HR could build into their offering and to detail some of the uh, the great things that we've seen employers currently implement, we've segmented these initiatives into physical, financial, mental well-being to see what the people function can do to really support their remote workers. So Kieran, I think if we start off with physical well-being, do you have any tips on what HR can do to aid this yes of course so so whilst no one really is expecting employees to be in peak physical condition at this moment especially with the you know temptation to snack and the nation's newfound infatuation with baking you know being too cultural phenomena throughout this period this doesn't mean that physical health should fall by the wayside at all you know staying physically healthy has a massive impact on mental health your team doesn't have to be you know pumping iron or have a body like arnold schwarzenegger uh, to be getting the physical exercise that they need. The government currently allows for one hour of external exercise per day. So everyone should take that time. Go for a run, go for a jog, get some fresh air and stretch your legs. You will feel better for it. It's also really important to acknowledge that there are many workers who now won't be in a dedicated working space. That means a space that isn't really designed to be worked in, um, you know, day to day. And, and that means that sitting in a chair not designed for prolonged use could really be causing severe back issues. It's likely that after, um, you know, the last month, a lot of people are already experiencing that. And this is something that we have actually covered extensively for a HR Grapevine uh, article, which was published on the site earlier this month. So we dug up a few tips to prevent bad posture, and those include putting the computer screen at arm's length away from you, um, keeping the top of your computer screen at eye level, having your feet flat on the floor and your knees bent at an angle of 90 or 100 degrees, and then finally having the back of your knees roughly three fingers widths from the edge of the chair. Um, you know, it sounds simple, but that's going to make a massive difference. So you should follow that. You should tell your staff to follow that. 
Just to add to that, really, Luke Bullen, who is the CEO uh, in UK and Ireland of GymPass, said that the easiest way for HR leaders to support their colleagues' physical well-being whilst remote is to get them moving and sitting down less. So studies have shown again and again that exercise helps people stress less, sleep better and eat more healthily. And the four things combined are an incredibly powerful means of improving a person's overall well-being. You know, he said that light exercise to start the day and getting the brain into into good gear is ultimately a, a really fantastic thing to do. Managers should lead by example and encourage staff to fit exercise into their daily routine. And I think actually that brings us uh, really nicely onto the next section of the podcast regarding financial well-being. You know, financial well-being is is another one of those key pillars. I think financial and mental well-being are intrinsically linked. And in this time of uncertainty, people are worried about the security of their jobs. They're also worried about their main source of income. Um, and, you know, redundancies are kind of inevitably on the cards across most sectors. It's sad, but it's true. But that doesn't mean that companies can't help their employees. It's not worth just saying, oh, well. You know, financial well-being initiatives such as education on money management and even just being open and honest and letting people know that if the situation were to change, uh, the employees would be the first to know and that can go a long way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it doesn't have to be the most expensive or the most lavish financial wellbeing initiatives. It can just be very simple steps. But to find out more about what employers are currently doing, um, Kieran, I believe you spoke to a UK HR director just to find out what, what they've got going on at their organisation. I spoke to this um, food production giant, Western and uh, UK HR director, her name's Anne Chambers. Uh, she, was, she very kindly made some time for us. And she really agrees that the that mental and financial well-being are extremely interlinked. She told me that at her company, they've curated a range of benefits to address this and many other issues. So she said, um, at Western and UK, we place a great deal of emphasis on all elements of well-being, including mental, physical, and, of course, the negative impacts linked to financial pressures. We offer a tailored virtual wellness program that deals directly with mental health and offers educational finance clinics, which is a fantastic option. Ultimately, we are all in this together and finding a way forward and not feeling alone are important. Encouraging emotional intelligence and integrity within your leadership teams will empower those individuals to safeguard their departments. Inspiring resilience, and strength and keeping the whole team well informed during a crisis will also aid in retention and keep morale up in the long run. I think absolutely, um, you know, keeping the whole team informed during a crisis is extremely important uh, for mental well-being, which leads us on nicely to um, the last part of the podcast. So I know Kieran spoke to another people director um, to find out what sort of methods that they've been using to really promote positive mental well-being throughout this period. So perhaps if you wanted to just chat us through that, Kieran. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, you know, this is probably the most obvious well-being concern in the workplace at the moment. It's the one that I think a lot of people are very anxious about, uh, mental well-being. It's, it's almost inevitable that at least a decent portion of the workforce are going to be impacted mentally by the current situation. And actually, I think the ONS stats that you said at the beginning of this podcast really evidence this. But there's so much that HR can do to help them. More than anything else, this means curating a range of resources 
that work for your people. And it's surprising how effective simply making social time for employees is, because um, obviously that's something which is just lost when we work from home. So a good example of that, as you said, is a, a company who they own bars, they own a bunch of non-for-profit companies, uh, along with a, quite a few other businesses. They're called the Martin James Network. Their people director, Mark Shrimpton, told me that with the changes due to coronavirus, we organised what we needed to continue to support our employees, but in different ways. This range of methods to help relieve the pressure that people might be feeling right now through lack of social contact, worrying about their roles and the business as a whole, along with worrying about their own personal situations. He says, we've introduced a range of initiatives, including Wellbeing Wednesdays and Motivational Mondays. Um, our mental health first aiders hold a weekly session to replicate the normal lunchtime kitchen area discussions. Uh, they do employee check-ins all the time. And they also just make sure they mix it up with some fun things, such as um, virtual pub quizzes on Fridays. So I think Kieran's definitely given us a plethora of different initiatives and ideas that HR departments may well be interested in taking back to their own organisations and implementing. And I spoke to Pat Ashworth, who is the Director of Learning Solutions at Advisor Plus, who essentially said to me before the podcast that helping to keep a team mentally well has several benefits. For example, they're likely to stay more engaged and they're li less likely to feel the negative impacts of stress, which according to the stats that I shared at the beginning of the podcast is a huge issue at the moment. Stress lowers our immune defences, so making us more likely to catch physical illness, directly impacting on the ability to attend work and perform well. But I thought this would be a really nice soundbite to finish on, something else that Pat mentioned earlier. People will remember how well they were supported during this period, and line managers that did the right thing will reap the benefits of better retention and motivation. And that is so true, as we have seen time and time again. Employees are more likely to vocalise if they feel that they have been mistreated or the crisis has been handled badly by bosses. So I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. If you support your staff now, then they will support you when it comes to um, getting the business back on tracks in future. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market leading research papers. So to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit www.hrgrapevine.com. Mm -hmm.